What's up, guys? Our wrestling podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Just Total Package, Craig the British Bulldog, and the Nature Boy Joe bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Today's topic, greatest raw moments for audio fans. Give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast, or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you be a darling and give us a follow on Instagram at OWD2019? Uh, or on Facebook slash X at Our Wrestling Podcast. I think you said X is Our Wrestling Podcast, Jess. I'll have to fix that. Um, Jess, we had quite the raw moment this week with The Rock uh, finally turning up after so many years and announcing he might want to go eat at the head of the table. That was a pretty big moment. I don't know if that's what sparked this for you to bring this topic on this week, but I'm pretty excited about doing it. What say you? That's exactly why. Um, there I you go, it. baby. I was for right. audio fans, for it's just SoundCloud, Spotify. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I realized, too, and by the way, uh, we at the recording of this anyway, um, I'm not sure when I'm going to air this, but uh, we're recording this on January the 5th, uh, the 31-year anniversary. They celebrated the 30-year wow. anniversary last January in 2023 of Raw. Raw's Amazing. been on the air for 31 years. 31! It, it debuted in 1993. And uh, it's just been chugging along. It's gone through many different variations, many different opening theme songs. Right. Uh, originally, they started out in the Manhattan Center, and they were doing that for a while. And we're like, just kidding. We're going to travel and do stuff everywhere. And then they went other places. And so, like, they've... What that Raw has produced a lot of really do good you, moments. Really shit you moments, the, too. Do you remember the story of the Manhattan Center getting the rings up those elevators to try to build them? Yeah, they had out. to bring the pieces of the ring up fucking elevators, like freight elevators. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, yeah. Oh, how far so they Vince come. comes up, and of course, Vince comes up with this beautiful idea. And don't get me wrong, Vince would absolutely load Maybe all that work. shit himself to prove everybody else wrong. But, I mean, like, yeah, he'd be like, oh, do it! And then he'll do it, and they'll be like, oh, we guess we have to do it now. <laughs> like, so, um, that's what Vince did. He's always said, I'll never do any- have you do anything I wouldn't do myself. So, if anybody right. bitched, you know, Vince would be like... And he would just fucking put a ring on his back and go up the elevator, like, and do it. So, yeah, they started out from the Manhattan Center, which was his building in downtown New York, right? Manhattan? Uh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't want to. Uh, geographically, I'm dumb right now. Um. So, yeah, so it's a small, fucking ridiculous building where it's like a, like, kind of like an amphitheater almost. Like, it was just really not like. Uh, it was, it was not an Square Garden. It was like across the street or like down the street from Madison Square Garden or something. Yeah, like that. it was like yeah. down yeah. in a bad it's neighborhood. A, it's on like a city. It's, in, it's just like a city block, like a little ballroom. It's just like a nondescript yeah. building. Uh, past, right. I've never been in it. I was like, holy shit, that's the Manhattan Center. Yeah. Thirty-one years later, networks are paying millions and millions and millions of dollars to fight for Raw to be on their channel, like which is fucking crazy. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's insane. So there's been tons of moments. So I'm gonna go around the. I want to go around the room. And challenge you guys to come up with a uh, one of your greatest raw moments that you've ever seen. There's been a lot of them. There's been a lot of shitty ones too, but there's been a lot of really great. <laughs> raw moments. What do you mean? Everything's good on raw. What are you talking so about? Everything, no, everything's man. fine. Three hours of gold for thirty years. Three hours. Never an hour show. By the way, remember when raw first debuted? Like the early years, it was just an hour, right? It was one hour. Yeah, yeah. Hour Nitro, and, same thing. When Nitro first started, it was one hour. And then so it was one two. hour, so it was really like 42 minutes of viewing and probably 15 of that I don't, was interviewing and commenting. I don't know if you guys have read this rumor, but Raw is going to go to seven hours starting in this year. So <laughs> it makes sense. Hours. Well, good. Yeah, good, good. good. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to start on Monday night and go into Tuesday morning, depending on where you live. Right. So you're, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, I, I'll start off because I think mine's going to be different if you guys want. I don't want to hear your opinion, but go ahead. <laughs> 
No one oh, better no, steal my ideas. I got yeah, I have five. That's why. That's all I got. Right. I only have three, so I might have to show if you if you do something really hustle bustle here. But uh, my first one is uh, August twentieth of two thousand one. It's my favorite of the three, so I want to get it out there. Um, uh, Jess already knows what it is. It's August twentieth of two thousand one. You guys remember what was going on? What feud was going on? Oh, it's your favorite little wrestler. It's my favorite little wrestler. Yeah. Um, uh, Kurt Angle decides to uh, come on out with the. Uh, Against, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin and the McMahon regime. There's like 30 people in the ring with this big-ass milk truck and throw cartons of milk and spray them with an actual milk truck. It is one of my favorite moments, and Angle douses himself in milk at the end of the whole show. Everyone's slipping and sliding over all this pasteurized milk. It, it, it um, There's even like a moment, I can't remember if you said JR. I was like, uh, not JR, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Jerry Lawler. Says he's bringing out the big stuff, the the homogenized milk, and he starts laughing. I'm just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, you know, Lawler, he had his moments when he picked him. Uh, for me, that and was... And Jared did was the like, famous thing. He's like, it's milk, maybe I run a wild. Like, that was your muscle. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And he's, My and he, it's like, I think they, they knew it was coming, but they, they had some things set to say. and But everything kind of fell into place there. And Angle's really on top of the world feuding with Austin. And how cool is that? Um so it's under – it's the only reason why a lot of people don't talk about this – I mean, they talk about the Micklemania incident, but um, sure, sure. it's because the invasion angle sucked so bad that in 2001, yeah. like after they bought WCW, but like the the Austin and Angle feud was fucking gold, and all their matches really were good, good, and this segment was fun and great, and like, yeah, it's, it's such an underrated feud because people are like, the invasion sucked, and it did. But um, the stuff that we got kind of along, along the way, I was like, that was pretty fucking awesome. Like, yeah. that feud. Because those two guys, like, and Austin being injured, he's like, I'm not going to let this guy outperform me, which Angle was a goddamn machine, like, at that time. So it's like Austin stepped it up, and then the matches they would have would be super physical and great. But this, uh, like Dave said, this uh, moment, which is absolutely one of the best Raw moments ever, uh, kicked uh, off yeah. that feud. It was awesome. It was so creative and, you know, obviously a spinoff of, like, what, uh, what Austin had sure. already done. And it was like, but it just made... It was, it was just it was just a lot of fun. It was definitely on my list. Uh, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic moment. Sure, I'll uh, mine. I don't. I don't remember the date, and this isn't necessarily like one of my favorites. It's just one that. Uh, I mean, I think it's probably on the uh, in the top five moments of of a lot of we'll people. We'll help you find it, Joe, when you talk about it too. We'll help you. It. Um, I think it just it was it it led to the kind of myth that anything could happen on Raw, that it was Raw, that, you know, anything could happen at a given moment. Sure. And that's the one, two, three kid beating Razor Ramon. <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. Goddamn. May 17th, 1993. Yeah, I was just going to say, make, it was probably on all of our lists. <laughs> I actually didn't have that one. I thought somebody would take it, though. I think that's why I didn't talk about it. No, it, it, it is. It is one of the – it's one of, it's the earliest Raw moment. I mean, besides right. one I'm not going to name because it's on my list. 
like there's it was in the early months of raw this was 1993 like craig said yeah. in may so raw debuted in january of 93 so like it only been around for like four and a half months at this point and uh yeah, like it shocked everybody, and it made the one, two, three kid. It made Sean Waltman, and oh yeah, just for for Vince. Because put... and it, what what a departure, right? Because he was getting away from the big steroid guys and the big muscular guys, and he was just trying whatever. And really, like you could say what you want about the click eventually, and they would be very toxic. And Scott Hall could be a huge dick in the back a lot, but Scott for Scott Hall to be like this guy can beat me. That's I see the value in like this guy beating me and creating this moment, and then this big fucking muscular scott hall just being pissed off and you know what the fuck and and it actually it helped razor transition into a face and like yeah. so yeah. many things were from this moment this was what a great moment it was like, oh, razor. razor missing boy he really came in with that elbow and i think razor's dazed oh. wait a minute one two three It really was. Because well, especially up to that point, like, you know, we we were so used to, like, uh, wrestling challenge and, and, and superstars of wrestling where it was, you know, the superstar beat the beat the prelim, you know, and that was it. And for, for, for the most part, like, we didn't, one, two, three kid was a prelim. Yeah. Like, you know, or if he wasn't a prelim, he was like, he was Jim Powers or uh, Paul Yeah, Rome he was a prelim, time, you know, Joe. Like, like, you're right, a thousand percent. And... That's also plays into this angle because it was genius. They when they first brought him in, it was Bruce said it was to bring him in as an enhancement talent. But they knew a little bit before we need to do this moment with this guy, and that's when Hall's like, "Let's do it. I want that guy to do it with." And uh, and so they purposely kept him losing up until that point. To so when it happened, it was like this guy's been on a losing streak. There's no yeah. way he's going to beat Razor Ramon. And then Razor beat the shit out of him the entire match except for yeah. that moonsault. Where he caught him, where Ramon missed and hit his head on the pole, and then like uh, did the backflip one two three and the, the legit. First of all, Vince, besides pay per views, wasn't used to running live weekly shows. So to watch that audience get a New York audience get stunned like that, they were like, Whoa! and if you watch people in the crowd, people's hands are on their heads. Mm -hmm. You talk about yeah. you know Undertaker streak losing. This was like a, a, a smaller version of that where people were like. He just why did he beat but him? Like people were like, yeah. what the fuck is happening right now? Like and it was really cool. I'll do one which uh, uh, for me was huge. It kind of uh, almost makes me think of the Attitude Era kind of started and, and me really um, committing again to wrestling. It was a big deal for me, this one. Because I, I I mean, it was probably teased for a couple weeks. I don't remember how it actually had happened. But this was a genuinely shocking moment for all of us. And that was it was January 19th, 1998. It was when Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mike Tyson kind of. Um, oh, so good. yeah. Uh, he ruined uh, Vince McMahon's you Mike Tyson. It. And that, you so ruined it. <laughs> um, Don't you mess this up it. for me. Yeah. And it was just kind of so awesome, almost kind of the beginning of the kind of the whole thing there. Uh, so here's to you. With that, that the, the, the gravitas of finally getting a kind of a talent like Mike Tyson again and getting back to relevancy. That's and, lovely. Um, it was just really cool, and Mike Tyson, of course, drops uh, and said things he probably shouldn't have said um, uh, at the end of it. But it was a really kind of dramatic, really cool moment to see them 
what what did he say at the end, Craig? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. You have to kind of. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you, back, can you, can you tell us what he said though? I really think <laughs> like, like Booker T at the end of uh, interview. Whoa, yeah, man. no, Holy. it was pretty. That was worse, I think. Um, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. I don't think don't you'll ever see it again. But I remember it was live. <laughs> um, but it was uh, that, 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 that's my moment to me. But, but it's your, oh, that's a, that's I was forget that's a great one. So I just realized right now that I don't have the date for this, but I'm going to alter my first choice because it's going to piggyback off Craig. My moment that I put one of my moments that I put down was Austin versus Vince McMahon with one hand tied behind Austin's back. Oh, and yeah, that was yeah. that was the first night that uh, the WWF broke the 83 week streak. They won the Monday Night War. Mm. Was it really? Yeah, they they won the ratings. And I remember as a fan watching that, I was flipping back and forth. And the way they said it at the beginning was Vince challenged Austin, and Austin fell for it. And he was like, "But you have to do it with one hand." So they did that at the beginning of the show and drug you out all the way to the end. And so everybody stayed tuned in the entire Raw, and that was the first Raw that ever beat Nitro for the first time in 83 weeks. And that was Austin versus McMahon, and it didn't even end up happening. They fucking get in there, they put Austin's hand behind his back, it's a whole entire episode drought, and then Mick Foley came down as Dude Love and turned heel and attacked Austin, and they went on the program. Because Austin said, like, we knew Vince wasn't going to wrestle me because he's not a wrestler. So, like, he's, like... I need to be separated from him. And that's when Vince made the decision of like, you have to chase me. And like that April, April 13th, 98. There you go. So it was after it was right after because the, you ruined it moment was right before WrestleMania 14, where Tyson was special guest referee. So after that, um, two weeks after WrestleMania, I'm almost positive was when they did the whole fine. You want to face me, Austin? You have to do it with one hand tied behind your back, and that was a whole thing. And I remember flipping back and forth, going like, "This is good." And Raw had been getting close to Nitro, like leading up to that, with the Tyson stuff, with Austin winning the world title. It was getting closer every week. Raw was inching up there, inching up there, getting so close to Nitro, and this was the week that it finally got pushed over. Thank you, Dave, for that date, because I. I put date by all my other ones, and I didn't on this one. So when Craig said that, I got excited, and I was like, oh, "I got to pick that one because that piggybacks off what Craig said perfectly." <laughs> that whole stretch, well done. That whole one month stretch was so important in Raw history because it enabled them to finally overtake Nitro, who had been beating the shit out of them since like '96. Uh, just one thing. Uh, just one thing. You said you could beat Vince McMahon with one arm tied behind your back. That's right! That's did right. you did say, say that. that? Yes, he did! Yes, he did! Yeah, you did. said it! Yeah! Now let's see if you're a man of your word. And so it was like mm -hmm. this, this weight that was finally lifted. And us as wrestling fans are like, this is fucking great. Like, both promotions right. now are putting out mainstream quality shit. 
and Tyson got them there, and yeah, that's my first pick. So I'm gonna piggyback off Craig's and kind of go like a like a couple weeks later, and it was Austin versus McMahon Monday Night it was, Raw. That was a lot of fun. That was. That it, was I remember, fun. as still as a fan of this day, I was like, this is special. Like this is a really good Raw. And then when the ratings came out the next day, it was like, holy shit, they did it. And then it was on for the next year. They were battling back and forth. Like it was it was great. Yeah. It was a great time to be a fan. To be honest. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have a totally different spin here i don't think people would pick this one but we'll see uh we're gonna go to april 7th 2014 which there's more than one thing on this particular episode so i won't give it up in case someone has it but this is the final tv appearance from the ultimate warrior uh when he comes out and he's wearing his um his, his makeshift uh, mask and he's shaking oh, the ring and wow. when he oh. shook it i i honestly thought something was wrong then when he shook it i could tell he's shaking and his his speech as amazing as it was it was pretty incredible uh the way he was talking you could tell he i, I think he i think he felt in his heart in his heart um terrible thing to say that he had more to give and he was gonna start working the back because he was signing that legends contract and he Literally died the next day. He died the next and day. And to preface that, Dave, um, he was put in the Hall of Fame like three days. Was, this was WrestleMania weekend. So he was put in the Hall of right. Fame like three days earlier. He came out and waved everybody at WrestleMania uh, 30, right? Was it 30? What year was that again? 2014. Yeah, WrestleMania 30. So he came out there yeah. and uh, waved everybody. And then, yeah, he went out and did that speech on Raw. And the next morning, we all read that he just collapsed in the parking lot and died. He collapsed yeah. and died of, of a heart attack. That, and that weekend killed him. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, literally, like I, I think he felt he had more to, more to give and more plans, and um, his body and someone else said, "Nope, you're done. This is it." This- so much so that you will tell your stories and you will make them legends as well. I am Ultimate Warrior. You are the Ultimate Warrior fans, and the spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever. You uh, you made you've uh, made friends and you made you made good with all your demons and it's over, and which is really kind of a shame. I, I I almost don't know, maybe it's a shame and maybe it was the best thing. I mean his he left he left two little girls and, and a wife that loved him and it's a really horrible story, but I also feel like maybe it, it could have been really really bad if he had been well, on Legends contract. And, to the moment that you're talking that speech on Raw, the moment that you're submitting right now, meant a lot to right. fans. Listen. Like, we've all had opinions yeah. about the Warrior, and we could say whatever we want. But, like, I, I can't count how many people I still talk to to this day that were like, dude, Warrior was my guy. Like, yeah, he, he, he got put man. over Hogan. He he beat Hogan. And that was, like, a big deal. And you can say what you want about how his reign went afterwards or whatever, but everybody still remembers him beating Hogan. And, like, there's a lot of wrestlers. Daniel Bryan. The Ultimate Warrior got Daniel Bryan into – Daniel Bryan! Was an Ultimate Warrior fan, and he's like, "Dude, I remember right. like clear as day. He was like my guy." And thanks, I, yeah. Warrior. There's a lot of people that like <laughs> that you would not even guess that were like, "Dude, Warrior was my guy." Like he just he inspired me. He got me going. So for him to come back to the company after they put out a DVD called "The Self Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior," they went out of the right. went out of his way to fuck that guy over. And I'm not I'm not saying the Warrior didn't do his fair share to create that conflict, but at the same time, like. He finally got to come back. He finally got to make amends. He fi- He got his, his. He even said in his speech, his daughters 
uh, never knew that warrior, never knew that guy. Yeah. Because when they were born, he was way out of the business. And so, like, he got to bring them. And I remember him looking down at them going, hey, didn't Dad tell you that when WWF puts on a show, they put on a big deal? Look at this, you know? And it's amazing, like, that he got to do that. So you can say what you want about him. But I remember I was touched by that, too, going, you know what? He's a human being, and he has a wife and two daughters. And, like, they got to see him in a light, like, because his, his wife met him after his wrestling career, too. So it's like they never yeah. got to see what the Ultimate Warrior was all about. He just got to tell them or show them videos or whatever. But to see them invited back to the Hall of Fame, how, imagine how his daughter's heads must have been spinning. All that attention. And, right. oh, my dad is going, you know, he got to go out in front of 80,000 people or whatever and say wave to him. And they were in the crowd and watched him at WrestleMania. And they knew it's, him. They still knew. They're still cheering him like crazy. Yeah. And, and their kid's like, what is this? I think the best way to describe it, you could describe like the, the crap that went on, on the back and whatever, but he was a beacon. He was a beacon for people that like, wow, I want to do this, or wow, I want, I want to watch this. I want to be a part of this. An absolute beacon that would just pierce through any... Well, Vince created him. You know what I mean? So for the machine to turn yeah. on him the way it did, and again, Warrior wasn't innocent, but at the same time, like it's just kind of crazy. When it all came back, it was squashed. And like people... Yep. All of them were children, like, watching him coming out on that stage. Because he hadn't been... The ability for him to cut through everything, cut through the bullshit, cut through all that to still be a beacon of light for people to watch wrestling. Even with, like you said, I don't say a lack of talent, definitely a lack of not wanting to take a bump. But um, to be able to be that way, Joe and I joke about it a little bit, you know, before we record. Well, what date was that you said? That was impressive. 2014. The Warriors' last appearance yeah. on WWF programming was 1996. So he was yeah, gone that entire geez. time from 96, all the legal battles, all the fuck you warrior DVDs, all the crash or whatever. And then he finally came back in 2014 to kind of get in the Hall of Fame. That's a long time. Wow. Like, and people still remember him. 18 years? 18 years? And people still remember him. And like, yeah, so, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's a good Who's one. Next? I don't want to go last because I think this one may not. I kind of want to choose something that I don't think anyone else is going to choose, and I don't want to end the episode with this. But I'm going to do right. ECW Invades Monday Night Raw on February the 24th, 1997. Um, the real invasion. They were. WCW was beating the shit out of them. And, and in February of 97, the NWO was the hottest thing in wrestling. And WCW was firmly in number one. They'd been winning the ratings war for like nine months at this point or something. Like, they were killing them. And uh, WWF was desperate. And I remember watching this going, holy shit. Like, little did we know that Vince was giving money to Paul Heyman uh, to borrow his talent the whole time. Like, so it's like, right. you know, ECW started out to be this renegade promotion. And then Vince on the down low is like, I'm getting my ass beat a little bit, like in 95 and 96. Like, Let me finance you. A yeah, bit. It, well, he wasn't getting his ass beat thoroughly in 95, 96, but he's like, WCW's coming on strong yeah. or whatever. He's like, let me give you some money every year, and I'm going to borrow some people here and there. And Heyman's like, sounds good. I can use all the fucking money I can get. So they gave Paul Heyman an, a certain annual amount every year to divvy out. I'm sure he didn't spend it on that, but he they gave it to him to help, <laughs> to help his company. And so, uh, so, yeah, so in 97, when they finally decided it, and... That's the famous episode where Sabu jumped off the Raw symbol. Remember in the original Raws, we had the R-A-W, like, on the thing? Sabu jumps off that, like, onto... I don't remember who he was feuding with at the point. It might have been Taz. Uh, and he jumped on that. RVD wrestled on Raw and became Mr. Monday Night at that point. Like, and it was a whole thing. And, like, yeah. they, Jerry Lawler did an ECW pay-per-view where he was friends with RVD and all that stuff. And they did cross-promotion. So, like, this was... 
to see Vince finally be like, I got nothing. We're getting pounded. Um, what do I need to do? And like people were just like, try to get, you know, try to stimulate. This is when they all get desperate, by the way, and they go to the dirt sheet audiences. They go to the 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 little hardcore, you know. Oh, I'm cool, right? Like all of them shit on dirt sheets now. But I'm like, you all have been to a point where you've been so desperate. You're like, what kind? You used them. Yeah, what kind of audience do they have? I, yeah, I want that audience. Like, you know what I mean? And ECW was a right. small niche, like, you know, like, dirt sheet favorited audience, you know, that, like, just loved him. Yeah. I need to be cool somehow. Like, and so Vince was struggling. He was trying to figure out. And dare I say yeah. that doing that and watching ECW at that point helped Vince because late in 97 is when Austin started to click. King's answer has been challenged. There's no telling what we're going to see in the house. That's Polly in there, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have all kind of action, no doubt about that. We want something different. Yeah. We don't want bubble gum. We don't want this. We want we want hardcore. Like yeah. And the end. Yeah. The NWO something... angle was so big, and this even before before Hall and Nash left in '96. The, those two and Sean were like. Vince, you have to like watch this. Like you have to like it's edgy, it's different. Like we, the fans don't want you know the Jose Lotharios in your corner. They don't want that shit. They want something different. So like to, to Joe's point, when Diesel became a tweener, it started working, and then he went to WCW shortly after, and they reaped yeah. the benefits of that. But it's like this finally Vince going like, okay, I've lost enough. What do I got to do? And they're like, let ECW come in. Let's just do this thing. What What do we have to lose? What, what What's going? You know, right. what's it going to hurt? And then one day on Raw, they <clears throat> just fucking show up, and it was the hype ECW's first ever pay per view, and it was also to um, I believe that was '97 their first pay per view. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was '97, so. and it was to hype their first ever pay per view, and it Is was that just to get. Uh, yeah, I think Bird Legal was their first one. I want to say that was their first one. And it was to help hype that. And Lawler was like on their second or third ever pay-per-view where he took on Tommy Dreamer. So they they borrowed Lawler and they borrowed a bunch of other people like to do ECW TV and shit like that. So their relationship was going on way before anybody ever knew anything. So that's my submission here. Sorry, like I went too long. And what, what was the date on that one, Jess? That one was uh, February the 24th, 1997. Got it. Wow. <laughs> impressive because i'll impressive. I, I, i'll just go because just to, to segue yeah. off of that you want to talk do, what are about... we doing here you i did that to you last round you do oh. not do that <laughs> to me oh <laughs> uh th- a scant three years later three years and one month later almost to the day um actually four years later because i can't count um <laughs> The moment that my 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 final moment is. Oh, gonna, um, I know you're gonna say. The, the, yeah, the only the, the only moment that I remember that was simulcast on yeah. both networks at that time. But it's oh. you you want to talk about a federation that was struggling in '97 <clears throat> and doing partnerships with ECW and floundering and not knowing what word, to do. Don't they? It's fucking insane. And they they get the last word, and Shane McMahon purchases WCW from under Vince McMahon, and they do cool that moment. simulcast at the end, and he's in that turtleneck, and there's a McMahon on the contract, but it's not Vince McMahon. Yeah. It says um, Shane McMahon. Just to, I remember we were flipping back and forth, back and forth. How could the invasion forth, like, fucking fail? With that kind of lead-in, 
How the fuck could they fail? Uh, I don't know. It he, was on both the, the, fucking the channels. The invasion was better. We were just talking about that. Yeah, both channels. I was like, what the hell is happening? Like this, it was crazy to be happening at this time. Yeah. Like he really bought it, and they really had it going on, um, on both yeah. networks. Well, then that's just the opportunity that I was looking for. Because Dad, the deal is finalized with WCW. And the name on the contract does say McMahon. However, the contract reads Shane McMahon. Oh my God! I don't believe it! That's right. I now own WCW. As a fan, I remember being fatigued. And finally looking at it and going, God, it's over. And I didn't know how, how bad it was going to be after. And I don't mean that in the sense that the Ruthless Regression area was good wrestling-wise. But having only one wrestling promotion was so bad for the industry for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, you know? true. And, like, it's crazy, like, to me. And what Craig said, the f I remember we all watched that going, what the fuck are we witnessing? Like, we just... Yeah. Like, they just finally was, failed. Like, they just finally... Was, they were, was it one of them Panama Beach things? Were they, like... Yes, they were outdoors. It was, it was Panama Beach in Florida. It was yeah. awful. They couldn't even sell it. There was probably 3,000 fans there, maybe 4,000. 4, like, oh. it was just awful. WCW just died. They were dead. Like, and it was like... And Bischoff was going to buy it, and he actually had an investor, and they were going to buy WCW. He said, cool. They're like, we're going to do all this final paperwork. Uh, and Bischoff's like, that's awesome. I'm going to go on vacation while you guys do that. So he left, shut his phone off, fucking didn't even check anybody. When he comes back, he's like, so what are we going to do? When are we going to sign this? He's like, you don't know? And he's like, no, I've been literally shut off to the world for I don't know how long he was gone for. And they're like, no, like, while you were gone, um, the AOL, because they merged with Turner at that point, yeah, AOL canceled wrestling and took them off the network. They have no deal. And Bischoff's like, it's yeah. dead then. Well, then it's worth. And he's like, "Yeah, it's it's, it's, we're done." Bischoff didn't even stop to go. Let's buy the library. He didn't. One stepped in. He's like, "How much you want?" Or even like, yeah. like, let me buy it. And of course, they they could have found another network. Well, the problem is, to. is no, because I guess while Bischoff's gone, they shopped it really quick. Going, if we buy this, what are you going to do? They're like, "Fuck you, fuck you." Wrestling had fatigued the cable systems by that point. So like, oh, they wow. nobody wanted it. So like, it was. They were just like, "No, this is worthless." Like, we thought we could buy it with a spot on TNT, and now we don't. And Bischoff's Not like, it's Vince. dead. But nobody thought to buy the library. So <laughs> Vince is like, how much you want for the library? They're like, three and a half million. He's like, are you fuck? I have sock. And he, Done. here you go. Yeah. And fucking. <laughs> I thought it in the cushions of yeah, my couch. Fucking, Hold on. That's yeah. crazy. Like, that was in one of Linda's old purses. So I have it here, and there you go. And they're like, cool. So, and how much. Just on the creation of the death of WCW DVD, he made the money on what he fucking purchased all the whole library for. And then he creates a network, and then he fucking <laughs> I mean, makes they, more DVDs. They, now he they, can show Sting. Now he can show all of the WCW shit. So yeah. they started making yeah, documentaries yeah, of all, all these wrestlers, all and they were able to include all of their WCW shit. He made all that money back on DVD sales. Know, on fucking DVD sales. Like I know that... I, I know... <laughs> I know we've said this a million times, but Vince has spent more money on NBA yes, than he did on Vince has spent more money on taxes than he had <laughs> on the purchase of like, yeah, That's a good one. Crazy. All right, Joe, send us home. Uh, okay. Well, I had a couple left. Um, I hope this isn't too obvious, but uh, I feel like a you know, 
was a big deal. I don't necessarily like. Say, say the one I got written down. Say it. Yeah, I think we all had on yeah. this. Yes. Pipe bomb. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Pipe bomb. Yeah. Oh, I don't have that one. There was nothing more important than that, Joe. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Seriously, there is. I mean, I, I had a, I had several other that I thought were a big a deal, but like I feel like pipe bomb was like. Uh, I mean, it, I think I feel like it ushered in a new era of wrestling. You know, it was like, like. I would agree. All of a sudden, the you know everything that you read on the dirt sheets, and everything that was like kayfabe. I mean, kayfabe had been dead for a long time, but like. It, you actually saw like the death of kayfabe and the dirt sheets and everything like kind of like cross each other all in one moment and where you're like is this really happening yeah. like yeah i mean it was even more so than like than vince saying brett screwed brett and like you right. know we you know you're we find you to be more intelligent than that or whatever it was i mean i took it a step further and was like no no, no. like this is like you want to know i'm going to peel every layer of the curtain back and expose it and we're like the fourth wall hi mom yeah i mean it was that's real is me and the fact that day in and day out for almost six years i have proved to everybody in the world that i am the best on this microphone in that ring even at commentary nobody can touch me and yet no how many no matter how many times i prove it I'm not on your lovely little collector cups. I'm not on the cover of the program. I'm barely promoted. I don't get to be in movies. I'm certainly not on any crappy show on the USA Network. I'm not on the poster WrestleMania. I'm not in the signature that's produced at the start of the show. I'm not on Conan O'Brien, I'm not on Jimmy Fallon, but the fact of the matter is I should be, and trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania next year, and I'm not makes me sick. What he's he called he called him his doofus son-in-law, his boneheaded <sighs> daughter, like all this stuff, and I was like, oh my, like this out of touch old man. Yeah, like, the only be yeah, the only way that you get out of your own way like is that, if you or die or something like that. Like, was something I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was like, oh my god, like. It, it was it, for older fans like us. We were like, "Are they finally like getting edgier? Are they finally gonna fucking like make wrestling cool again?" Yeah, all of a sudden talking about like you know like like I'm a Paul Heyman guy and so and so and like Cole Cabana. Uh, yeah, he waved Cole Cabana. What's his buddy? Like, ironically, his which friend, is the guy uh, when he walked out of the company. Cole Cabana. He talked about yeah. each other. That's a wholly different podcast altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got cold in a lot of hot water that he couldn't afford, but they're okay. They're okay. Well, that they're not okay, but they they're okay financially. That all worked. That part worked out. Um, but it, it makes you feel like Punk was reading a lot of Reddit posts, Craig. Right? <laughs> it kind of used everything he could. Yeah. But he also felt that way too. Um, a great moment. One one thing before I got. I don't know if you guys got quick ones. I was gonna say I can't. That was on my list, but I know we're probably gonna have a part two. So I, I there was a couple things on my list that I'm like I can't believe like nobody chose. Okay. Me. Yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll we'll talk about those on the next one. Yeah, there's, there's so many. I mean, there's yeah. so many more. I have many three on my list of like many six more. that I had planned out, six or seven, and uh, like there's three of them that are like one of them that maybe nobody would choose, mm -hmm. but two for sure. I'm like Jesus, like I can't believe nobody like picked them. For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, or watch our videos on YouTube at our wrestling channel. On social media, can you give us a follow on Insta at OWB2019 or on Facebook and X at our 
Wrestling Podcast for Joe, Jess, Craig, and the Butters. We are signing off. OWP, have a good one.